Hello, you nostalgic recappers. Welcome to 90210 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing season four of Beverly Hills 90210. We did it. We did it. What a milestone. I know. These episodes originally aired on September 8th, 1993 through May 25th, 1994. And what a journey. That's a what long a journey. season. No, right? it really, it is. Seasons yeah. don't normally last that long now. Mm-mm. No. Yes. I was looking back through all the episodes and I was like, so much happened I know. in this season. I know. <laughs> Some characters really, really moved along. <laughs> it, it's true. And what's crazy about it is like, I, I was looking back at old plots and I was like, no, no, that, I'm wrong. That can't possibly be from the same season that we're in right now. But we've only had one college season. Yeah, so. that's it. <laughs> they were only freshmen. <laughs> that, I, that's insane. I just, yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah, well, we're going to get into all the major plot points today, all the uh, new characters and uh, farewells that we experienced this season. Uh, let's start with a little synopsis of season four, shall we? I think we should. The gang transitions from seniors at West Beverly High to freshmen at California University. Steve, Donna, and Kelly explore the sorority and frat life. Brenda breaks an engagement and embraces her passion for acting. Brandon tries his hand at politics while getting entangled in ill-fated romances, most notably with Emily Valentine, Lucinda Nicholson, and Claire Arnold. Dylan meets the sister he never knew he had, then makes an unsound financial investment. Donna and David have their highs, but ultimately end on a low. Finally, Andrea meets Jesse and has a whirlwind romance leading to marriage and the birth of Hannah Vasquez Zuckerman. Ooh, I need to sit down for a I minute. Know. That's take a lot. A, take, a, take a second. I take need to beat. rest. <laughs> All right, uh. well, let's see who lived in Beverly Hills this season. All right, well, this season we had two cast members directing. Each Jason Priestley and James Eckhouse did two episodes each. Uh, lots, lots of returning players. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you the highlights. All right. Major recurring players in season 4. Christina Lee comes back as Emily Valentine. Yes, she does. We meet Carrie Keene as Suzanne, Nolly Thornton as Erica, David Hayward as Kevin Weaver, Cress Williams as Deshaun Hardell, Carrie Wooer as Ariel Hunter. David Gale is Stuart Carson. Jennifer, you remember Stuart? That I do. Was, yeah, I know. So I was looking wild. back. I was like, oh, Stuart. Jennifer Grant is Celeste Lundy. William S. Taylor is Dean Trimble. Tracy Middendorf is Laura Kingman. Jason Carter is Roy Randolph. Dinah Meyer as Lucinda Nicholson. And Paul Johannesson as John Sears. So wow. those are that's the pod of like primarily season four characters. Some characters that we meet that we'll see for extended periods going forward. Uh, we have some major first appearances here. So we have Mark Damon Espinoza as Jesse Vasquez debuts in season four, as well as Kathleen Robertson as Claire Arnold and Nicholas Pryor as Chancellor Arnold. We meet Jed Allen as Rush Sanders. And finally, we meet Ryan Brown as Morton Muntz. 
months in this season, besides the one episode where Steve lets him use Andrea's dorm room to take a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Muntz is primarily like a background character, yeah. I feel like. But for whatever reason, they love him. And he is in every season and in episodes up to and including the series finale. Wow. So, yeah. So Muntz is, uh, Muntz is here to stay. All right. He's here to stay. I don't hate it. Yeah. That is All a right. lot of, that's a lot of, uh, characters i know that were introduced this season i'm so excited about your predictions kendra that's my <laughs> favorite part of these wraps uh i have to ask did you ever finish stephen king's bag of bones because that that's what I you did. were reading you did i did yeah okay thumbs a while up, ago thumbs down. okay no i loved it okay cool i've listened to our season three recap to remember how we do season oh, recaps okay. and that's what you were reading and i, I never was... remembered <laughs> if that resolved but yes i finished it and i loved it and remember, Jason Priestley is in the TV I know, movie and I still it, haven't so. read. I still haven't watched that. So this Halloween, I need to, it's summertime it. now, so I need to. I need to catch up on some things. I need to watch. This was so hard trying to do like major storylines here because it was hard to know like, are, do we go in order? Do we go character by character? It was very confusing. But let's just start with a beach house, mm. all right? Because we have several episodes in the beach house. That's where we begin. And the, the beach house episodes are sort of in place of. Uh, Henry and the Beach Club that we've had um, yes. prior to this. Yes. Uh, it's not, I want to say it's two or three episodes that we're it here. Is. It's, not, it's at least two. Yeah, it's not long. So Steve and Brandon uh, are, they're, they're borrowing a house and then this lady Jill shows up and Steve has some history with her and she and Brandon have a thing and that's kind of how it begins. Yes. Meanwhile, Dylan and Kelly are on their like European tour and Dylan comes back without Kelly and that sort of gets fleshed out. That's right, man. They went to Europe. I know. <laughs> they had the whole thing in Europe. Um, I was looking back at all the episodes and remember these episodes fondly. Like I liked all the Jill stuff, even though it, it got very dark very fast. It did. Yeah. Um, but I liked her. Like if she had continued on, I wouldn't have been sad about it. Yeah. I, I feel like the summer episodes set a tone that they then ignored for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I different. felt like it started in a way that was like, wow, okay, this is like genuinely different, you know? And I remembered the college years as being different, but I thought that like the way those episodes were going, it was kind of like, all right, this is the path forward for the show. And I was on board. But once we got to college, it kind of quickly went through a couple of cycles and then settled into something totally different. And I don't think it was necessarily better mm. than those summer episodes. Yeah, I really I really liked the vibe in the summer episodes. I didn't love all the Brenda in Minnesota stuff. Well, I just remember being annoyed at her. I, yes, I agree with you on that. And I think like the name of the game this season was abandoning plot lines either too soon or just before they even <laughs> have right a chance. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's like introduce something and then immediately get rid of it. But I feel like if we would have had like five beach episodes and like five Brenda and Minnesota episodes that would have really been nice but yeah with Brenda it was kind of hard to be sympathetic at all because it was like why did you do this in the yeah. first place What's your you know problem? like it doesn't yeah. make any sense so <laughs> yeah yeah but overall I liked those first couple episodes I do too I think Jill was an interesting character and, and brought out a different side of Brandon and it did uh, not not just because of the dark nature of that storyline, but I felt like 
there was an adult vibe about all the characters' interactions that, to me, was very believable post-high school. And I liked that. There were only two. Just two. Only two. Yeah, that's what I thought. The first yeah. two episodes. Yeah. And that's then the crazy. third episode, they start school. We're right in school. And even school starts a lot differently than it ends up. You know, like, we go really heavy into the frat house and the sorority stuff to begin with. We go pretty heavy into, like, David um in the radio and stuff and also we actually saw classes remember like Stephen yeah. Brandon and Corey Randall's class Dylan and, really, and uh Brenda in that poetry class yeah it really felt like that was gonna sort of be a part of it and then they that just I don't even think it phased out I think it was like we saw Lucinda's class but that was really more for like the Kelly Lucinda fight but once that was done I don't think we saw the inside of a classroom again I don't think so either. We just saw them walking around campus and stuff, but no actual classrooms. Yes. And I would have liked that. I mean, we, we've commented many times about how they just completely neglected any sort of dorm type stories. Mm. I mean, Andrea is technically in a dorm, but it doesn't feel like a dorm. It might as well be an apartment, an apartment on campus. Yeah. It doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't have that vibe at all. I got to think that's because of Melrose Place. I really do, because Melrose Place does have a very dormy kind of vibe with like the the pool in the center and everybody's apartment yeah, all around. Right. I, I gotta think they were like, mm, that's a little too similar, too similar. So let's just not mess with it. But mm, I don't know. Interesting. interesting. Let's talk let's talk frat house. Let's talk frat house. Oh boy. I never liked I never liked this story. It's just like there's no one likable in the frat house. Exactly. Yeah. Except for their president, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, and months, maybe sometimes, yeah. but yeah. but mostly, they are the the stereotypical mm-hmm. like frat guys. Yeah. Um, which is not likable. So. No, and you know they set up again completely dropped, but we had the thing with Josh Richland and them trying to get Brandon into like the the politics on campus. There was talk about abolishing the fraternities and everything. And I, I mean, I knew what happened, but watching that again critically, I was like, well, why didn't we explore that? Yeah, that went nowhere. No, it didn't. And I really think that would have been interesting to have Steve and Brandon sort of on opposite sides and actually like tell a story about that. But it was like within that maybe second episode that that was tossed out and Brandon was like, no, I'm not your guy. See ya. (laughs) Yeah, and then Brandon doesn't join the fraternity either. Right. So he's just kind of this like middle person and they until don't do he the newspaper. joins the task force. I don't know why they don't do the newspaper. I am very disappointed that there was no newspaper. Yeah. Because there was so much newspaper in the previous three seasons. And I don't think that it would have been... Like, I think having and- Andrea and Brandon kind of start on the lowest rungs of this college newspaper. I think that could have been interesting, yeah. you know, them dealing with not being the hotshots anymore and stuff. But instead we, we don't even get that at all. So I don't really think there's much of a campus identity for anyone maybe because the sorority was like instantly dropped. Yes. We just did that when they, they were, there was some questions about anti-Semitism with Andrea that was really the only time we saw the inside of the sorority. The and then inside, that... for sure. They would mention it and be like, oh, I have to do this for the sorority. And at yeah. the end, like, I think Donna is planning the Mardi Gras as for part of the part sorority. Of the, I, yes, I think so. So they, like, did things for the sorority. Um, but, yeah, it was not a major thing. Yeah. Yeah. I 
so sticking with the frat house for a minute here, I think there's something enjoyable about a character that you kind of love to hate, but John Sears is just a one dimensional, like mustache twirling villain the whole time. <laughs> oh man. He should have had a mustache. He should have. Yeah, you know he I mean? is. I mean, you never from, from minute one, you do not trust him or, yeah. or like anything that he does. Yeah. So and not, yeah. Not and that I, I, I no, mean, him ahead. coming back was, it did sort of feel like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just of two minds about the return of John Sears because on the one hand, them voting him out and him just vanishing after being like the antagonist of the first half of the season was weird. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back and is exactly the same and just does more of the same and is humiliated again. Like yeah. it, I, it was not satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like they were just trying to grab like, who could we put in this episode that we haven't seen in a while Yeah, uh, for the finale? And it didn't really... I don't know. It didn't really do much with the Kelly Dillon stuff because they just, there was a little bit where they weren't together and then they just like got back together when it was yeah. over. Yeah. Very it didn't quickly. bring out a different side of that relationship or anything. It just was kind of like, okay. And <laughs> like he, remind me, he dated her and then told everybody that they did it. Slept but together. They did it. Like in, in high school, I think. Yes. Okay. But he wasn't the guy that we learn about. No, at the, at the slumber party. No, I and think I that's think, a missed. Connection. I think it's a huge misconnection. I think probably, I don't know. It to me feels like a situation where like that was the plan, and then they were like, "Oh, but that storyline is so dark," and just kind of like backed away from it. Is yeah. what it feels like. So yeah. I don't know if bit. that's true or not, but I, that's the vibe that I get. Yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. Not John Sears. Not. Not anyone's favorite, I don't mm, think. Mm-mm. No. Uh, let's look at the radio for a little bit. So we start with David and Donna doing the radio. And then there's a whole thing where, like, early on, Donna is the one who becomes, like, the star. Yes, Remember? but then she doesn't want to do it. No, and then she's just, like, done with it. And again, I'm like, why? Like, why did you introduce that then? Like, I think it would have been We've another. Been building them up to be this, like, power yeah. radio. yeah personality duo for several seasons i would have liked to dropped yeah and donna had nothing to do this season except be a virgin you know like that was her one thing and i feel like yeah i feel like her having like she didn't even really care about the radio but if suddenly like she finds success in that and that sort of becomes her thing i think that provides a lot of stuff for the donna david dynamic and gives donna a thing that's hers to do big but instead, it just became a showcase for David's very short-lived drug addiction. Yeah, though they do keep it up, like, through the rest of the season, I'd say. He's, like, dealing with, uh, you know, addiction and trying to find, yeah. you know, getting back into piano as a way to combat his addiction. That's a good, yep. and then, that's a fair point. So I felt like they rode that one out, um, yeah. you know. But yeah, I think that's why they did it. They didn't put Donna in there so that they could give yeah. D- uh, David this drug problem. My I, this this one to me is like a double-edged sword. This next one I want to talk about because the Brenda and Stuart storyline is like my favorite and least favorite story arc this year. <laughs> I I think I rest on I don't like it just because of how 
it ended and how they yeah. kind of assassinated Stuart's character. That's what I mean. In order yeah. to make it end. But after like struggling to find something to do with Brenda post Dylan, like I don't love that the only thing that they were able to make work for her was her like in the arms of another man. But Stuart sort of being from the outside of the group gave Brenda this whole different thing. I don't, I would be curious to know if they ever even batted around the idea of actually having them like elope and really get married. Mm. You know, I mean, four seasons in, why not? I think I would have liked to have seen that. I was ready for it. I was like, well, this is happening. They're going to get married. Yeah. 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 And instead, like we do get a let's get married storyline with Andrea and Jesse where there's like zero chemistry or interest. (laughs) But there was in the beginning. You're right. There was. All right. We're getting ahead. We're getting ahead. Let's let's stay on Brenda Stewart because I think they do have really good chemistry. And I liked the I liked the idea that it was like a blind date that they didn't want to go on. And then it kind of like got away from them. I like what it brought out of Brenda. I just felt she like connected were... so well with yes. his family. She like yeah. fit right in to yep. his family. I I don't know. It started so well, it and did. then we had that episode where he, they locked the keys in the car and he turned into a monster. Well, yeah, and that was after they sort of broke up at the wedding, and then like ten episodes later, we're like, oh yeah, pretending like they were still together or something. That I, was, I just... yeah, that was poorly. Because well, if you go back and listen, we're just like, are they? Where did he yeah. go? Are they still dating? <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We don't know. We don't. We don't. It yeah, was and not that, decided. That remained confusing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh boy. I mean, let's briefly touch on the whole take back the night situation with Steve and Laura. Yeah, I I think just you know I don't think I've changed on what I said no. or what no. we said originally, which was not. Just not a great, not great. No, no. Again, it comes down to character assassination. I think they, I think they backed away from telling a really like deep story with Steve, where you really have to kind of investigate, like, what is the right thing here? Like, Steve, I feel like Steve is sort of a morally ambiguous character a lot of the times. Yeah. You know? Oh, definitely. And so to have this situation, which at the time we both kind of believed that it could go that way. You know, that that Steve really could have like pressured her more than was reasonable, mm-hmm. you know, and I sort of feel like, again, if you go back to those episodes where you don't actually ever even now, you never see what actually happened. Mm-hmm. You only get two different versions of it. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that's another place where they were like, mm. yeah, and then they then they left it hanging and we have to come back and make her crazy. So it's OK. Yeah. And it, yeah. At the cost of almost like victim yeah victim blaming no almost about it I yeah mean, that's... <laughs> and uh i mean i feel like steve didn't really i mean i guess he says at the end like he learned his lesson but i feel like not really i feel yeah. like he got away with doing you know yeah he never had a pushing, moment where pushing it too far yeah. yeah and i don't think he really had a satisfying moment where he was like you know, in hindsight, I honestly don't know, you know, like a real mm-hmm. like soul searching moment of like, maybe I did cross a line and maybe I need to yeah. like, change going forward. Yes. We didn't get that. We no. just got she cray. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Not OK, though. Downer. Not OK. That was, yeah. Not well handled, which is on par with some of the issues they've tried yes. to tackle in the past. It's like Definitely. they get right up to the line and then they're like, psych, we're not going to do this. <laughs> Yeah, this that whole storyline would not fly Mm-mm. today. No, at all. absolutely not. Nope. Uh, boy, 
let's uh, let's do the Suzanne Erica stuff in two parts. Let's start okay. with the introduction, and then we'll come back around to the <laughs> okay. end. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't trust them at first, but they were there for so long that mm-hmm. I just and and I truly believed Erica. Like yeah. I didn't think Erica was in on it at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Um, which, as we learned, she wasn't. So, um, yeah, this was a interesting. This was an interesting way that they did it and successful. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, it is. It's very layered, you know, because you kind of forget about them and then they're still bopping around in the background and then you have Kevin and everything. I think like from a con perspective, the smartest thing Suzanne did was admit that she thinks Jack is Erica's dad, but she's not 100 percent on it. Mm. You know, like I feel like that was a really smart move because like if she's lying. And he never did do a DNA test, No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I don't think he wants to know. I think he's he's accepted it and that's what matters. But I just think that was a really, a bold play, but a really clever play because you sort of think like, well, if she's lying, why would she lie? Like, why would she make it, why would she add a level of doubt if she's lying? You know, so I feel like that's a really clever thing to do. Yeah, she definitely clever, cleverly written the whole, yeah, the whole thing. And it does, that successfully brings out another side to Dylan and it plays on known like insecurities and like weak spots from Dylan's yes, he's past. He's always always wanted that family yeah. and never had it. So I feel like that is probably the most layered story or like character developed plot that we got all season. I think so too. Because it it really builds on everything that we've learned about Dylan in the past. And I don't think you could make that argument that any other character had that kind of journey. Yeah, I'd agree. I All right, so we'll that. let's put a pin in that okay. for a while. Uh, oh, you know what? I mean, we kind of we already talked about the the drugs and stuff, but one of the standout episodes for me, and one of the things I always remember, is Dylan going to David's house and being like, "We're gonna flush these drugs right now." Yeah, well, That's they another... they build this whole thing between David and Dylan, and I think they do it really well. I mean, yeah. after that, we never see the two of them together right. again. But um, but. I think they connected it well to when David, you know, spoke to yeah. Dylan and kind of saved him. And then it comes back around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, I totally buy that, you know, in a group of friends like that, that there are certain friends that like connect over only certain things. And then it just kind of like dissipates back into the group. So I don't think the fact that we haven't seen scenes with them since is I think that's realistic. Oh, you yeah. know, I don't think yeah. that's necessarily a, a downside. I'm a little disappointed that they dropped the whole, I mean, we had some Mel and Jackie stuff in the beginning, but I was also interested in David and Kelly sort of finding family with each other. Yeah. And they dropped all references to being siblings. Yeah, they did. So I think I I think a couple times he introduced her like to the piano teacher. He introduced Kelly as his sister, I think. No, no, he didn't. And he we comment No, okay. that was we focused on the fact that he didn't. Oh that he was gotcha. like my Okay, my I knew roommates. there was something about that. Yeah, we did talk about it a lot because he introduced both Donna and Kelly as his roommates, which was just a weird thing to do. Yeah. All around. Weird. What a weirdo. Let's right. talk a little bit about Emily Valentine. <laughs> okay. Um, I liked her her comeback. Um Yeah. I you know, it was nice to get a little more closure. It wasn't needed. We didn't need it. Yeah. Because I felt like we had closed it. Um, but it was fine to give him that little yeah thing with her. 
I think, I mean, you, you accomplish some level of closure that you've never got with any of Brandon's other like rotating door of lady friends mm-hmm. uh, in the, with the scene in the hospital where he goes to visit her and they kind of make amends and yeah. you know, he apologizes, she apologizes and, you know, so you get a little bit of closure there. So I agree that it wasn't necessary, but I think considering the fact that Brandon's love life at this point is kind of, even within the series, it's a joke. Remember in the, uh, in the senior high like clip show there was a whole song about brandon's like yeah. many many women yeah so the fact that like there was a true callback and some repercussions on that were great i didn't need to see emily valentine again that's not a character i like but i feel like from she a writing was more like this is the it was the most likable she's agreed. ever been so. and i think from a writing standpoint it it was unexpected and worked pretty well agreed i guess brandon has a decent arc in the yeah. series. I mean, Brandon, he definitely has a lot to do. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. So. Um, predictions on Emily. Do you think we'll see her again? Do you think there'll be any resolution to the romance here? I do not think we will see her again. Okay. That's, you're saying that's a wrap on Emily Valentine. That's what I'm going to say. Okie dokie. All right. Let's move on to, well, so the Lucinda stuff is kind of nuanced because you have, first you have Brandon and Corey Randall, his professor. Right. Brandon gets roped into tutoring to Sean Hardell um, and they sort of become buddy buddy. And then Steve in the frat gets put up to pull a prank and steal Corey Randall's baseball. And Brandon, you know, has that relationship where he has to go there. Meanwhile, independently, Brandon's meeting Lucinda and they kind of spark up a little thing. And then he figures out that she's Corey Randall's spouse. Right. And he backs off, but not that far. Yeah. (laughs) And then we go on. Thoughts on the Brandon Lucinda coupling? It became something that I very much disliked. Yeah. Like it was, you know, it was interesting at first, but I don't know. The the longer it went, the yeah. more I was just like, ugh. Yeah. In a in a season that had many plot lines that I felt like were cut like tragically short, that one just had all the legs to grow it could ever want. You know, it just kept going and going and going. So mm-hmm. And I think you said it, you know, the problem with Lucinda was that she's not, they think that they're writing like a strong, powerful woman. And, you know, you, you commented that that's just men like trying to do that, not yeah. understanding. And and that character reeks of that. It does. Yeah. So much of, of the stuff that she said and did, it was like, I, <laughs> a strong, independent woman does not act like this. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes it was like, well, that's what we meant to do kind of uh, thing. And, you know, but a lot of times it just came off like, all right. Yep. Whatever. Yep. Uh, I mean, geez, this this is a more recent thing. And we've talked about it a bunch, but let's briefly talk about Chancellor Arnold and Claire. Ugh. Yeah. I'm over Claire. I am over Claire I was as well. pretty over her after the prom where she was just like, wow, poor me. Yeah. My life is so hard. I know. I know. I, my wife, you know, listens to the podcast and she's seen every episode as I have. And she, when we started with Claire, she was like, oh my gosh, I hate Claire. <laughs> and especially at this point, that's true. Uh, I don't know if you ever quite get over that, but we'll see. Um, I hated that story and I don't know what the point of it was. Yeah. Just another person for Brandon. It's, I mean, it's similar in structure to the John Sears stuff where it's like this character does one thing and we're just going to keep doing that one thing. And it never, like Brandon sort of gives in at the end, but then, you know, something happens to, to change that. But like, I don't understand the purpose. 
for either character. I don't know what that was supposed to accomplish. It doesn't change anything about Brandon. It doesn't, nothing is different about Brandon. He's still kind of like the, the boy scout who sometimes steps, crosses the line to things that he shouldn't be doing. Right. But overall, yeah, doesn't change his trajectory at all. I, I buy Brandon in politics. Yeah. Oh, I definitely do. I mean, we got, that was funny how it kind of bookends the season though. You get a, you get a little bit in the beginning and then you get the, the, the chancellor and like the task force and stuff doesn't really feel political until the finale. Yeah. It feels more like, I guess, sort of college politicky, but not in just more in like interacting with people, you know, in that sense of the term. Uh, but I, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I miss the journalism, but I do too. I wish we had had one person. Yeah. Do, still like Andrea. Yeah. Doing speaking of Andrea. Yeah. Let's talk this about is a uh, boy. I mean, since season one, I feel like since season one, when she offers herself on the carousel yep. and, and then they don't go through with it. And then in the season two finale where they're like, let's just be friends. To me, that was the end of that character, you know, not <laughs> yeah. because they not because they didn't get together, but clearly that character was written and designed to be like a romantic foil for Brandon. Mm-hmm. And then they changed their mind and she was still on the show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like they have underused her. Yeah. I felt like they could have found something better for her to be doing. But yeah. Well, she said. Pretty much a, much a victim, I feel like, you know, in, for this whole season, it's like mm-hmm. a poor Andrea situation. And what a crazy pivot, her being like, I don't want to do journalism anymore after spending yeah. like my whole college crazy. career on it. She's like, no, I'm going to be pre-med. Yeah, that was And dumb. like, did she ever go to class? I don't know. Is she still in pre-med? I don't know. <laughs> well, she's having a baby now, so, or she had a baby. There was a moment there with Dan where suddenly like remember remember how shocked we were that steamy andrea sex yes. scene? we were like what the heck and her and dan's chemistry was great and like there was this brief moment where it's kind of seemed like okay all right andrea's andrea's getting her groove back you know <laughs> uh and then and then it just kind of like you know dan peters out and she goes back to being the character so it's like it's it's problematic to me that they only seem to like be able to write any sort of spark for Andrea when she's playing a romance. Yeah. You know, like she should be able to just carry a story by herself or like I don't know, just give her something to do. Yeah. I don't understand. But I don't understand either. And then I feel like her real life pregnancy, like the decision to write that in probably was not the best choice. I I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see where it goes from here, but. It just became very much about that in a way that I don't think served the character well, you know? Yeah, well, it took away the the, uh, spark that we initially had between her and Jesse, I think. Right, because you're right. I mean, I I tend to think of Jesse as just like a wooden board with thinning hair, but like (laughs) in the first couple of episodes they did have a spark yes i really i loved the introduction of jesse i was like all right here we go steamy romance for andrea yeah and then very quickly she gets pregnant Mm -hmm. um so i guess i gotta wonder like why couldn't she have just been a vibrant pregnant why couldn't she have just been doing all the things that she was gonna do and then like have her baby you know like why is she instantly like oh i'm bedridden you know like yeah 
I don't know if, if, if that was just, they had to do that, like for her health in real life, if that well, was true. And again, that seems against her character as well. She yeah. seems like someone who wouldn't let a pregnancy stop her from uh, yeah. going to class and doing right. everything that she wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but instead you're right. They made her into like this victim of, Oh, I'm pregnant. I can't right. possibly do these things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I think some missed opportunities there. Yeah, and I think part of the problem too is that here's here's what I wish. Okay, like Jesse is introduced and he's the bartender first at the Walsh's. I want to say on the the Walsh's uh, 20, uh, 20 year anniversary. Is it the Walsh's or is it at Jack's party first? I think it's the Walsh's and then dance party. Dan's party. I was like yeah. Jack's party. Wasn't Jack dead? <laughs> but yeah, he did. <laughs> but I feel like if okay, fine, introduce Jesse that way, but have him like be old friends. I mean, everybody's old friends with Dylan, right? So have him be like, Hey, Dylan, you know, or Steve or Brandon or whoever, like give him some kind of connection to the gang outside of Andrea. So he's not just 100% an outsider. Yeah. You know, I think that would have added another level because there's a few times where they try to be like, Jesse's friends with people. And we're like, "Mm, he's not though. Maybe because they had already connected Stuart to Dylan. They didn't want to also connect Jesse to somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just think it would have helped. I you know, yeah, oh, I just I think agree. it, it would have if they weren't going to like put in the legwork to really integrate him, that would have been an easy uh way to get him in the mix. Yeah. Walsh parents had nothing to do except for <laughs> Jim and Dylan really occasionally. Nothing. Yeah. And I guess Cindy, early on much. Cindy uh yeah. was taking classes at, at the school, right? Oh. <laughs> Yes. She's working yes. on a degree or something. <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, a little bit with Brenda and like going to Minnesota and Cindy, like interacting with her family and stuff. She got a little bit, but that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. Then it was like every once in a while, Cindy would be like making scrambled eggs in the background of a scene or something. And that was kind of it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Nat had a heart attack. And, oh, yeah. And Dylan bought the peach pit. Oh, yeah. That's which, right comes up i mean it does come up it's not that it doesn't come up but it hasn't really changed much of anything no i mean it was a whole thing between brandon and dylan for a while which we also didn't really like no thought it it was kind of out of nowhere yeah and i think it could have made sense but it didn't um i don't remember if the friction with brandon and dylan started with the heart attack or if the lucinda kelly stuff preceded that is a heart attack first I think, I think so. I think it's heart attack first. I think so, because it felt so out of the blue that he, yeah. you know, Brandon would just be, like, resentful of Dylan. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we haven't we haven't seen it yet. And I, I don't remember Dylan learning the news, but I do feel like there's going to be friction between Dylan and Brandon. In oh, upcoming, five. yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and that's going to make sense. That so will some, make a lot of sense. <laughs> so in some way, the fact that there was already a little bit of like bad blood on the edges is helpful, but it wasn't organic. It no. was just like, they're mad at each other. Yeah. Go. And now they don't like each other. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember that animal rights plot for five seconds? I do, yes. Okay. Because when you said like, is she pre-med? I remembered like, oh, well, <laughs> she right. was working in the labs. That's true. That's true. She was working in the labs late yeah. one night. That was a weird random plot to, to throw yeah. in there, which mm-hmm. gave us a puppy. So I'm not mad about it. That's but... true. Rocky, Rocky too. Yep. Uh, then we kind of ended with Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. That was sort of a showcase for Brenda, like getting the role. And 
I guess like giving Brenda a focus, you know, of something. I'm, you know, it, we've we've made fun of her acting and you mm-hmm. know this whole acting career thing, but I was kind of glad to see her have some success. At yeah, it, me too. Finally, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, like she was in the role and she was actually good at it. Yeah. Um, so. However yeah. you think she got the part. Yeah. Yeah. Tricky though she was. Yes. Yes, she was. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was, it was good to give Brenda a little agency there. And you're right to have her actually succeed at one of these things because all the stuff she's done, she's kind of flopped at. Yeah, exactly. You know, Stand up comedy, acting the first time, marriage, you know, <laughs> like they just throw her things and she whiffs it. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, you know, I don't know where we're going to go, but, um, having her be like okay i'm gonna take a real step and go to Mm -hmm. a real acting program for the summer it's Um, definitely bold because i actually had success at it um was was nice all right so here's let's talk a little bit about the finale because obviously so so many things happen in there so let's talk dylan first okay so we get the twist that uh kevin and suzanne have been like long conning dylan this whole time and Dylan kind of signs away his money to Kevin and then they fly off to Brazil. Um, you said you were never trustful of Kevin. Is that right? I don't think I ever fully trusted him. I just, I don't know something about him, but you kind of came around on Suzanne. Um, I did, I did come around on Suzanne. Um, and I think you kept thinking Kevin was going to die. I did. You thought there was like a I thought he was going to die. And then I kept waiting for him to. I thought it was clever that he never comes out and asks Dylan for the money. Like Dylan Dylan offers the money. Yeah, he makes it the obvious solution. But he's never like, hey, bro, how about. Yeah. Yeah. Did you entertain the notion that Suzanne was maybe still good and they were all going to get grifted? Yeah, I. You did think that. Okay. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. So it was it was a surprise for me when Suzanne I've, was in on it. I've got to say, it was a much longer time than I remembered. I remember those episodes being a little bit more compacted together. But no, this was over the course of like 20 episodes. It was a you long know? time. It was a very long time. So they really laid the groundwork on that. So I got to give them that. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, follow that story a little bit further. What are your feelings on Brandon Kelly? I love it. Do you love it? Yep. I'm ready. Yeah. Ready for no, more. I, I like the coupling and I, they've always had good chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, even when they weren't together, they, we've always had little teases of sort of Brandon and Kelly here and there. And every time in the past I've noticed one, I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, but I've got to say the finale to me felt a little out of nowhere. Mm, with her going to, yeah. to see him. Because because you know we had the we had the chemistry and stuff with the uh, retreat, you know, which was kind of like mid season, and then we've had, as you said, we've had some Brandon Kelly scenes sprinkled throughout. But her like, that's a bold move. It felt like like not a huge jump, but it felt like they skipped like two steps yeah. to get her from I have a crush on Brandon to yeah. I'm going to declare to Brandon that I want to. Yeah pursue yeah. him kind of and then thing. they and then they jump right in bed which i thought was yeah i didn't remember that at all and i actually kind of thought that was more hard to believe yeah maybe i'm I, just it, naive yes. it just felt i don't know yeah they they were going for it i yeah. mean i i 
I can kind of say like she was, you know, she just broke up with Dylan and she was yeah. just like so ready for something yeah. new that she and made a, a rash decision. To their credit, they do acknowledge that in dialogue. She's mm. like, it's kind of crazy that I just broke up with Dylan and here yeah. I am. You know, I'm kind of glad that that was at least said aloud so yeah. we could all sort of be like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh, I am looking forward to it, but, but on the rewatch, I was a little, I was a little more surprised by, by how, just how it all came together this time around. I, I, because I'm like here for it, I'm ready. I'm, you, you were, I'm you're overlooking. Just accepting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some things. Okay. All right. Um, did you have favorite, least favorite episodes? This was much harder for me this time because. It was. It was. Um, let me, let me go back and look at the list because I did. I can I, tell you that I didn't particularly, I feel like there's more, there's storylines that I just hated. And there were some episodes that I was like, yes, I don't like this episode, but it, for me, it was more a problem with the storylines. Um, um, I remember the cuffs and links episode where Brenda oh, gets arrested. And yeah. Le- and Steve and his dad, yeah, Steve and his dad are, that's a, that's a downer for you. That's and, a no. Yeah. And, and, uh, Brandon and Lucinda are being, trying to be sneaky but what's his face oh. is trying to write a story about brandon yes. <laughs> um yeah so that i i don't think there was any episode that i just like hated but yeah. if i had to pick a couple that would probably be one of them and the one right after it the time has come today the flashback one was just kind of whatever <laughs> for me um you i know, think because it was so brenda focused and i was just so over brenda at, yeah. in that moment um that's funny because Time has come today was one of the ones I was going to say was a yeah, favorite for me. I, I had a feeling, but I think really, like in a, in a better season, that might not have been the case. But I think most of the time, even if I really liked the episode, there was a story going that I hated. You know, like yeah. throughout the season, there was never a time where I was like, "Yeah, I'm all in," and not even like there was some stories that I was kind of like, "Eh." Usually, there was at least one story that I was like, "I can't take another second of this." And time has come today is just such a it's a break from all of that. So I think that's why I really liked that one. Yeah. Um, once I liked or did you have any more? That no, you no. Wanted? Go ahead. OK. Um, like we said, I liked the the summer ones at the beginning. Yeah, me too. Um, I also when I'm just looking through like the synopsis, um, the 20 years ago today uh, with the the Walsh's party Mm -hmm. um, and the introduction of Jesse and there's like tension between Dylan and Stuart. Mm -hmm. Um, Those, those first like 10 episodes, I think um, are probably because the, the 10th episode is, is where they go to Vegas. Okay. Um, We're probably my, the ones I I like the most. I would, I would agree with you on that. When they were doing the college storyline in earnest, Mm -hmm. I was in, and I remember being really impressed at the way they were able to remember, we'd have a scene where it was like, you know, maybe like Steve and Brandon were talking and they'd kind of like bump into Andrea and then the, then it would kind of move on and it would be an Andrea scene or an Andrea Brandon scene. Or there were times where like we saw David in the studio and then it would transition to one of the gang listening to David's radio show. Mm -hmm. They were just finding such clever ways to keep everybody connected. And then it just got a point where they were just like, we're going to write an adult soap opera. Like, yeah, leave college behind. And I just think that's such a mistake because high school was always such a part of it. Yeah. And I don't think it's that difficult to write college, you know, no, like, no. but so I, yeah, I agree. I think it was, it was the strongest at the beginning. Two things we didn't mention. Um, 
Steve and Celeste, that oh, all right. happened. Yeah, that's true. This yeah. season. And I was very much on board with Steve having like a long-term steady girlfriend. I thought yes. that was really good. Yeah, and I really like Celeste. I like Celeste too, and I buy their relationship. <laughs> I bought the way their relationship dissolved, mm-hmm. you know? I don't think Celeste was served very well by having her come back, but I was glad to see her again. Yeah, um, and we kind of talked about it, but the whole Donna David, I'm a virgin, I want to mm. be a virgin forever yeah. kind of thing. I, like, I I approve of the message that she has a belief and she yeah. sticks with it. And I feel like they do comment on that several times. Mm-hmm. But it just got to the point where story-wise, I was like, give them something else. I know. Because then it was just like we pushed them completely to the side. And we yeah. didn't see Donna David for a long time. It I know. Like. I kind of would have rather seen a break. Like, I don't know. I would have rather seen a breakup happen and stick because we got like the stuff with like the more like the caddy stuff with Dylan Kelly. But I feel like if, you know, because they were going to have sex after what prom or after, after graduation, graduation. And then there was a second time where Donna was like, okay, I'm definitely going to do it. I feel like if after that second time he was like, look, I, I get it, but this is, I I can't do this anymore. And they would have broken up and then they could have played sort of a, they still care for each other and they kind of want to be together, but they have different things like different priorities. David's only being sex and Donna's being living a life. And I think if they would have played on that sort of like, we want to be together, but we can't, then we would have had something to do. But instead, you're right, drag it out the whole time. And I mean, I feel like Donna's character was the worst served writing wise. I mean, they just could not decide. Is she stupid? Is she brave? Is Mm -hmm. she the only logical one in the group? Um, it changed from episode to episode. And yeah. I just, you know, the ones where she was like, kind of mm-hmm. flighty Donna, I were just like nails on a chalkboard for me. Yeah. Um, but then there were ones where she's like, you know, I'm going to stick to my convictions. And those were fine. So I don't know. Like the one yeah. I was looking at, the one where they go on that ski trip and she meets that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you about Donna. I think she was absolutely the worst served story-wise because everybody else kind of has a place where they're fitting and they're at least doing an archetype, you know, like Steve is the bro. Dylan is like the James Dean. Brandon's the straight arrow, mm-hmm. you know, like they all kind of have their thing. Um, but I feel like it got a little murkier when Andrea became not part of the game and Kelly, rather than being sort of the ditzy one, became more of the straight arrow kind of character Mm -hmm. and brenda who was meant to be sort of a grounded character became more of the problem character chaotic one and once that happens it's like there's no real place for donna anymore unless they're going to have her be kind of like the bimbo you know like the like her and steve are kind of on the same level as far as like Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't hate that. I think if they would have done that, that might have been something to play with. But instead, they all just kind of shifted what they were. And that left people like Donna and and David, I think in particular, just sort of like adrift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go on a limb and say this is my least favorite season that we've had. Yikes. I don't know. That's tough. That's really tough because so much happens. Um, I think. I think once we keep going and I look back, I will 
think more fondly of the first three high school seasons yeah. than I will this one. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I haven't seen everything, so it'll mm-hmm. be interesting That's true. to see where That's we go the gimmick. from here. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that brings us to Kendra's predictions. <laughs> All right, Kendra. Let's go. Let's go character by character. Brandon, where do you see Brandon? Um. I don't know. Maybe now that he's had some success in politics, he'll like get into some student council stuff. It would be interesting to see him go against like Josh Richland and whatever mm. progressive party stuff. Okay. Um, that could be interesting. And how do you feel about him and Kelly? Is that going to stick? I think it will. I think there's okay. going to be a blow up with him and Dylan. <laughs> um, but I think ultimately they'll be like, yeah. <laughs> All last, is forgiven. <laughs> la- last year, you predicted that Dylan and Kelly were on a, an upward trajectory. Well, they were for a little. Well, a little actually, bit. they actually no. They no, got, they started they, bad. Yeah, it was a real <laughs> started bad, real rocky, and then they got back together. But you did predict the Donna David breakup correctly. So. Oh yes. I'll give you that. That's I'll give you right. That. Uh, what about what about that. Kelly? So you think she and Brandon are going to be pretty steady? What do you think is going to go on with her? I don't know. I don't know either. She doesn't I, really, I really have a don't. thing at the moment, does she? Yeah, no. I really don't have any idea. Okay. Brenda. Brenda? Um, I think... Um, I don't know. Maybe she'll start doing more acting. Maybe she'll okay. change her major. Maybe she'll switch schools and go okay. to a different school. Do we see England? I'm gonna say no. You're gonna say no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, you know what we you know what we did not cover? The fact that she and Dylan end up together at the oh, end. Oh yeah. You kind of forgot. Oh man, that. that happened right in the last second, so I yeah. forgot about it. Where do you um, see Dylan Brenda? Oh yeah, so maybe they have a little something something. Or maybe she gets back and they've both cooled on it. That yeah, would also maybe. not be surprising. It's a one the, and done. It's a backslide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as you know, once she came over to his house and I was like, I don't hate it. I've no, never I, I hated agree. it. Yeah. Until well, they it, made it the slog that it they was. They made it interminable. And then, yeah, then it was better. Uh, okay. So what about Dylan? What about Dylan and Erica and the money and the whole situation? Um, I don't know. I could, the way they've resolved stuff like that in the past, I could see it just being like the first two episodes we deal with that and then it's done okay. kind of thing. Uh, maybe, you know, they catch them and Suzanne and Kevin have to go to jail and he has to adopt Erica or something. Uh, okay. Because I think would, he would. I think he would definitely would, yeah. Um. So, or maybe, you know, maybe we'll have some like he has to fight for Erica kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Um, who else we got? Steve. Oh, Steve. Um, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Just keep doing his frat thing. Yeah, I don't. It would have been interesting if Steve then sort of became the power. He became like the heavy in the frat, but it did. That didn't really seem to happen. No, not really. So. Or okay. he, and, he, he and Muntz will get up to shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea Jesse? Where do you think we're going Andrea Jesse-wise? Um, I, I don't know. I hope that Andrea doesn't just become the mom. Like, I hope yeah. she does some other stuff, too. But I, I don't know. I, 
I don't know. I also know she's not on the show forever, so maybe this mm. is where they phase her mm. phase her out. Okay. I don't know. David, I said that David? last season though. You I was did. like, maybe she goes to Yale and we know and we don't see her again. Yeah. Um so I don't know. David Donna. I hope they're done. <laughs> I hope she doesn't take him back because okay. Three, three, five strikes. You're, yeah, you're out. However kind of many thing. strikes. Yeah. <laughs> it's been okay. too many, too right. many strikes. So I hope they're done. David and music. Uh, I think he'll continue with that. Okay. All right. Is there anything that you're particularly excited to see? Um, I guess just the 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 big two. So the Brent, Brandon Kelly, and then Dylan Brenda. Okay. Uh, I'm most interested in. See where they go. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, Kendra, guess what? What? Outside of the Radio Meanwhile Network, I'm the host of House Things, the podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library. And uh, on the Radio Meanwhile Network, I'm the host of the new show, This End Dorian Life. Our episode on the Ewoks and Return of the Jedi just dropped. So you can find that anywhere you get your podcasts. Pretty exciting times. What about you, Kendra? I think your podcast is going to become very relevant to our podcast. <laughs> yes, I think it is. Um, so I am Ms. Musebox 91 online. I have a website, MsMusebox.com. I also have an Etsy page. Uh, so I sell some physical stuff like t-shirts on my website. And then on my Etsy page, I have like printable wall art and mm. all sorts of fun stuff. And um, I am also the podcast, the I'm also the podcast. I am also the host of the podcast, 90s Music Got Me Like. And uh, we're going to be doing a little uh, little bit of a crossover. Crossover. With this podcast. So our next episode for 902, and here we go, we're going to be talking about the College Years soundtrack. Yes. And my co-host from uh, 90s Music Got Me Like, Eric Mickles, my husband, yes. is going to be coming over to talk about that music with us and then on our podcast eric and i are going to talk about one song in particular the most popular song on the album by leaps and bounds okay um i, I forget what it's called <laughs> i know i remember it's by m people a group i've never heard of but okay. um yeah so we're going to talk about uh that song over there and then we'll finish the rest of the album right here on that'll do and here we go yeah i love it i love a good crossover okay yeah. well uh, you can join Kendra and Eric for 90s Music Got Me Like, where they discuss the lead single from the album. And then you can join us here next time as we discuss the College Years soundtrack. Woo! Pump up the jams. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra, 902 and here we go. 